What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. Welcome to Done By Law on 3CR 855 AM and also welcome to those listening via various podcast platforms or via streaming on 3cr.org.au. I'm Sue Robertson, your host for tonight. It's just after 6pm on Tuesday the 29th of November 2022 and you're listening to content that was pre-recorded on Friday the 25th of November. I want to start by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the original and rightful custodians of the lands that 3CR broadcasts from. I pay my respects to elders, past, present and emerging, and I also acknowledge that these lands were stolen, never ceded, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Tonight, we're talking specialist family violence courts. A recent Royal Commission recommended that 14 of these special type of courts be set up in Victoria. So far, funding has only been allocated to five. Some of the remaining nine courts now have aspects of what's called a specialist family violence model in place. For example, having specialist family violence trained court staff. Yet community legal centres say much more is needed. My guests tonight are here to tell us more. I'm joined by Belinda Lowe, who is the Principal Lawyer at Eastern Community Legal Centre, and Rachel Pliner, Manager of Policy and Advocacy at the Federation of Community Legal Centres. Welcome, Belinda and Rachel. Hi. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. Uh, a very contemporary topic, and we're actually speaking before the election um, and we're going to talk about after the election when this is going to be broadcast later on. But uh, let's get stuck into some discussion. So um, either of you, what, why did the Royal Commission make a recommendation to set up specialist family violence courts? What, why is it that needed? Who wants to go first? <laughs> you can go, Belinda. My understanding of um, the reasoning behind the establishment of the specialist family violence courts was to it was in recognition of um, the the really limited um, services and the limit the limited service provision and the disconnection um, that victim survivors particularly experienced um, as they attempted to navigate their way through the legal and justice systems um, and uh, this. You know, and and particularly in relation to the um, legal system, the varied types of legal matters that a family violence victim survivor will experience um, would mean that uh, somebody is expected to be at various courts numerous times um, in relation to essentially the same incident that would have resulted in an intervention order, that would have resulted in potential criminal charges, that would have resulted in potential tenancy issues, and that would have resulted in potential victims of crime applications. If you think about it, one person who's already experienced trauma, a significant trauma um, of family violence, then having to navigate their way through so many different um, parts of legal matters, it's it's a real disincentive to engage with the uh, legal system. So my understanding of one of the main reasons why the Specialist Family Violence Courts was to try and um, streamline all of those experience, try to streamline all of those legal engagement um, opportunities for a victim survivor 
Also, it um, was they were set up in recognition of the fact that people who work within our legal system, particularly the court systems, um, should be trauma-informed. They should have um, expertise to be able to know how to work safely um, and to work um, sensitively with people who um, have had family violence touch their lives. And so, you know, it was a, it's a great thing to have our specialist family violence courts, and that's my understanding um, of, of one of the main reasons why they were established. What about you, Rachel? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, to create a more intensive and therapeutic experience if you're going, if you've got a family violence matter. And um, as Belinda said, um, it really, I think one of the key aims was to provide more of a wraparound service. So it's not, it's a focus of legal services working with other support services at these specialist courts in order to ensure that really essentially um, court is safer for victim survivors. That's one of the, the really key aims of the specialist family violence court model. Um, but it also uh, incorporated infrastructure changes to the infrastructure to actually make the physical the physical space safer so special special rooms um, safe rooms for victim survivors uh, places where legal services could can give legal advice in private um, so it was, a, it was that whole architecture uh, looked at wraparound services and safety okay so that's really interesting so um, I know that magistrates courts often have diff different jurisdictions in different sections of the court or on different days um it sounds to me like what you're describing though is kind of like all of them on the same day together to deal with uh, family violence matters is, is have i got that right um i think there was there's an attempt for that yeah more or less mm -hmm. so essentially um it's it's meant to also be an opportunity for, you know, a victim survivor to turn up and have, you know, all of the sort of concurrent legal matters if they are, if she, if they have concurrent legal matters to be dealt with, if not on the same, at the exact same time, because that would be quite difficult actually, but at least on the same day or in the same, you know, in the same period, as opposed to, you know, as we know, yeah. um, people having, you know, there are people, you know, for criminal law matters, sometimes you have to appear like five times for your yeah. um, criminal law matter. For family violence matters, the same, you know, so it's an attempt um, to try and, you um, limit the traumatisation of really the legal system upon uh, a victim survivor of family violence as well. Right. It sounds very much like, in, in my mind, like the way that community legal centres work, leading the way, community legal centres, that, um, as Rachel just mentioned before, that idea of the wraparound holistic view of the client rather than the, the lawyer being at the centre or the the system being at the centre, that the client is actually at the centre. Have I got that right? Nodding. Yeah, absolutely. Nodding, <laughs> Nodding doesn't help on radio. So, yes, <laughs> absolutely. It's really important. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, well, then seeing as like they do sound really super important, but I noticed that only five of these courts have been had funding allocated so far. Why is this and have any of them actually, is, these require special buildings, I presume, or um, um, buildings attached to current court buildings? So can you explain a little bit more about that? Um, I'm happy to jump in quickly. Yeah. So there's, so yeah, five, um, there's five existing specialist family violence courts which receive funding. A further seven 
have been gazetted recently um, and they have received funding. They've received $78 million in funding. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what hasn't been funded is legal services to support the specialist family violence courts. Um, and mm-hmm. we have, yeah, so that's really, so when know, you from the perspective that- of the legal assistance sector, that's really our focus on mm-hmm. additional funding for uh, community legal centres and legal aid. It's really interesting. So what you're describing is almost like a building that hasn't got the people in it yet. Is that right? Yeah, I think that, you know, the community legal sector is so committed to improving safety outcomes of victim survivors and is so committed to providing an intensive and therapeutic service at these specialist family violence courts. Uh, And, you know, given the really high demand for family violence legal assistance currently, additional resourcing is required to deliver that more specialist service at these new specialist family violence courts. Okay, okay. Did you have anything to add to that, Belinda? Belinda's putting her thumbs up there, <laughs> listeners. Oh, Rachel is always so articulate and also uh, doesn't speak too quickly, so it's always a pleasure um, to listen <laughs> to her. Um, the, maybe the only other thing I would add is that, you know, community legal centres really support the um, the establishment of the specialist family violence courts and really support the intent for the specialist family violence courts. And in doing so, we also really do expect and and want, you know, community members to feel that they can engage with the specialist mm-hmm. family violence courts, of course, you know. Um, what we do anticipate, though, that if they, you know, that, that if this is successful in terms of the intent being realised, is that more people will be accessing the um, specialist family violence court system, which without additional funding for um, the legal assistance providers will mean that um, the more people that attend may not be able to get the services that they should be getting from the specialist family violence courts with their additional resourcing put into them. Right. So if there's only like five and now, how many did you say, Rachel, another seven? The seven that have been just recently gazetted. So that's 12 in total? Is that? And there's one more as well. Okay, so and then there's another one on the way, so it will be fourteen. It's it just that they're at different stages. It will okay. be fourteen. <laughs> I'm sort of wondering though whether, like, how many magistrates' courts are there in Victoria, and you know, are, are these attached to every single court? So um, my my thoughts are, you know, if I'm someone who's in, for whom a court is a long way away, does this make that specialist family violence court? further away because there are fewer of them or um, what? how does that work for people who have to travel to court? That's a really interesting, that's a really important question. So the focus of the Royal Commission recommendation was on the headquarter courts. So that's not every court. So satellite and smaller regional courts um, have not been gazetted or started as specialist family violence courts. There are certain areas, and I do want to just quickly talk about northeast Victoria <laughs> where... Where the the closest specialist family violence court, I think, please, Belinda, jump in with Victorian geography, but I think it's about two or three hours away. So in that situation, that's the type of area that would really need it, that is calling for a specialist family violence court that is closer um, mm. because absolutely, as you mentioned, so it is that is too far for mm. um, people in, in um, northeast Victoria to access. Mm. That's a long drive to court, two or three hours. That's your whole day gone. 
Mm. I mean, these, the, yeah, I mean, parties can still access the local courts in those areas, but they they don't have that ready access to a specialist family violence courts and all the advantages and benefits and the therapeutic approach that is part of that specialist family violence court model. Right. Is there anything you wanted to add to that, Belinda? No, no she's just taking- nodding vigorously here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, well, as I mentioned in the introduction, some courts have implemented what's called a specialist family violence model. What does that actually mean? How's that different from having the whole specialist court? Belinda? I, I, my understanding of it is that um, there would be a lot of the specialist family violence court work would still be uh, mirrored in the specialist family violence model. Um, and I guess I... And and that would include particularly the trained staff within within like the registry staff and the other staff within courts. But I might hand over to Rachel who might be able to flesh this out more. Thanks. Yeah, I might I might thank you, Valinda. I might take it back just to what is this model. So this this model was to, with the um funding for the existing five specialist family violence courts. So a specialist family violence court model was developed with extensive consultation with legal services, lived experience groups, family violence services and community groups um, and is going through a process of evaluation. Um, And there's a number of different aspects with this model, but I think for our purposes, some of the key aspects is firstly an increased access to legal representation. So that means more lawyers. More lawyers means that more clients can be assisted and that that clients have more time with lawyers, which is so important if what you're um, aiming to do is to provide a more intensive service, which um, not only focuses on the family violence intervention order matter, but actually has consideration of ancillary related legal matters and also working collaboratively with other support services. Um, another aspect of the model was providing legal assistance before, during and after court to clients to improve service continuity mm-hmm. and support for clients, whereas in the because of the really high family violence demand, and Belinda, you can talk about talk to this much much more um, much more with that frontline experience than me, but you know with at, with the duty law services and the high demand that there is, um, there's really just there's short amount of time before the court hearing to provide advice, get instructions and negotiate with the other parties. Um, and yeah, so those are kind of, those were some of the really key aspects of this model. Um, and I, I suppose what we're saying is that there needs to be additional funding at these next seven specialist family violence courts for that really to be properly implemented. What we are seeing at some of these courts is there has been some funding for pre-court engagement work, which is really important. And that's that's part, part of this model, but that's not sufficient to allow these services to provide the intensive service and create, you know, greater service continuity for clients. Right. So, so it strikes me that what you're saying is that there's not enough lawyers around. Is that right? Well, there's not enough money to employ the lawyers. Ah, okay. To, 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 to do the work that you know really should be done. And is it mostly community legal centre lawyers that that would are doing this work and legal aid? I assume. Um, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay. 
And what about all the other people, you know, um, my fabulous colleague Liz, who's on my my um, Done By Law team is a financial counsellor. Mm-hmm. Are there people like that who are also part of this this model? I, I can only speak about the court with which my legal centre is involved with. Uh-huh. So, um, and it's a really good question. Um, I am not aware of um, financial counsellors being embedded within a number of uh, specialist fam- family violence courts, but I think that you know, our Eastern Community Legal Centre works with and employs financial counsellors. We're very lucky and, you know, absolutely know not not just the benefit with um, which their skills bring, but also, um, you know, also it's really teach, quite frankly, the lawyers um, and the legal profession of how, you know, of how, you know, to keep people out of the legal system by engaging with financial counsellors earlier in their experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there are other service, um, other services that are available in, uh, in other specialist family violence courts um, that uh, can provide assistance to people who are going through the family violence system, such as, um, you know, there are uh, what are called applicant workers who support people who are applying for um, family violence uh, intervention orders and respondent workers who, of course, are the on the other end, who, <laughs> who support people who are responding to intervention orders. There are also, um, depending upon the court, there are also, you know, um, different types of social services that are available uh, and also um, mental health support for some courts and also um, uh, housing supports for some courts. Right. Wow. That's just a lot more than just lawyers and, and judges, isn't it? Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, you know, I mean, a person's experience in, uh, you know, for their, their legal experience um, can really either um, can really can really either benefit or really taint, uh, you know, yeah. their experiences of life, uh, you know, as they uh, well once they've um, had engagement with the legal system, and um, and in order to make it benefit <laughs> it's much you know we, we must have all the um all the supportive professionals who can help wrap around that person um yeah it's so, so much than just the, than just the lawyers and the police and the judges it's so much more than that okay yeah and ideally you you the court provides an opportunity for an intervention again that is therapeutic um because if you think about it, for a victim survivor, they have experienced family violence, it can be profoundly isolating because mm. of the nature of the coercive control. Um, this is a real opportunity for services to have contact with the victim survivor. And if the court process doesn't provide that or it's re-traumatising, which it can be, then you've lost this really poignant moment to connect with that victim survivor and know that they're supported because what's happening in their relationship is exactly the opposite. They're trying to push them into an isolated circumstance. Right. Okay. Well, we need to have a little break for some um, community announcements and uh, we'll be back in a minute. Do you have a few children's picture books or footy boots that your kids have outgrown but want to find them a loving home? We'll drop them in at 3CR and put them in the Books and Boots bin. Books and Boots regularly sends pre-loved children's picture books and sports footwear to remote and regional First Nations communities and children across the country. Contact us at Books and Boots or go to the website www.booksandboots.org.au We love a good book. 
you or someone you care for is struggling with a mental illness or other disability and you need someone to talk to, you can call the Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are feeling socially isolated, seeking information about mental health or mental health services, or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. So if you're struggling yourself or are struggling to help someone else, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 500. That's 1300 500. Wellways supports 3CR. Commons Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Commons Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Done By Law um, on 3CR. We're talking to Belinda Lowe and Rachel Pliner. Before the break, we were chatting about specialist family violence courts and why we need to make sure these become part of the justice environment. Um, so Rachel and Belinda, we've only got about six odd minutes left. Um, I want to talk about what what is what do the two of you dream about in terms of how the legal system deals with family violence? What what's your your nirvana, you know? And are special courts enough? To meet that, who wants to go first, Belinda? Yeah, I'll go first. I'm, <laughs> looking, I'm jumping out of my chair. Um, no, specialist family violence courts are not enough. Absolutely not. Um, I, I, to be honest, my dream of um, how the legal system deals with family violence is that obviously that uh, family violence is no longer a thing at all, no longer an issue at all, and that we're all done out of a job. Quite frankly, that's would be my actual dream. But in terms of getting to achieve that dream, um, I I guess the um what would be, you know, a good starting point is that quite frankly, just the understanding of the nature and dynamics of family violence is understood across the entire legal and justice system on the same page, like completely understood. There is there have been so many reforms to our family violence um, system in Victoria, and we are way ahead of uh, so much more of the country, but we still are so far behind uh, uh, in our legal profession, in um, our understanding of uh, family violence and the attitudes towards family violence. There's still stigma. There's still astonishingly, there's so much blame put on a victim survivor of family violence that somehow they have created this situation and brought it upon themselves in our legal profession um, across all the hierarchies. So um, uh, just as a starting point, I would, I would, the, my dream is for that to be realised. 
a bit of you, Rach. Thank you. <laughs> I just got the – I know I don't have too much time, so um, I think what I – what I would focus on is that there is an integrated system for victim survivors of family violence, and that includes legal assistance, which is a really critical part of the family violence support system. And as we know, victim survivors when need you know, have complex and interrelated needs, you know, finding housing, safety planning, working out safe arrangements for children, and financial support, assistance with property matters, um, where they're separating from their partner. And ideally what we want is we want a system that works together to address all these interrelated um, needs, not only, you know, from the beginning and across the continuum. So from kind of the early intervention, identifying um, that family violence may be occurring at an early stage, um, to crisis response, to then long-term recovery and supports. And that's where we get into really the importance of, for example, assistance with property settlements um, to reduce economic abuse and 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 um, promote financial independence. So I my vision is a is an integrated system which legal services are part of. Specialist family violence courts play an important role in that. They're part of that system. They're not the only system. Um, we want, of course, early intervention because if we can avoid if, if victim survivors can avoid avoid complex litigation, that's always a plus. Um, and of course, I'm going to have to do a call out for integrated legal services, which <laughs> are a really important piece Absolutely. of all of this in Absolutely. terms of having legal services working with community service professionals to really support victim survivors in a really empathetic, trauma-informed way with high levels of expertise. Yeah, so that's just a couple of suggestions. <laughs> just a short list of um, desires and dreams there. <laughs> um, so my next questions are, you know, by the time this goes to air, we're recording it on Friday. The What's the day today? The 25th. Tomorrow's election day here in Victoria. So by the time this program is aired on Tuesday the 29th, the election will be done and dusted. So what would you, each of you, like to say to whoever the new government is, because we don't know who it's going to be um, as we're recording this, about specialist family violence courts? Rachel? Well, as the peak body of community legal centres, I'm definitely going to say that we'd really like to see increased funding for legal services at the new specialist family violence courts, recognising that there is increased demand because of the pandemic, because of increasing inequality. Uh, and this is really vital for improving safety outcomes for victim survivors, ensuring that there are fair outcomes, ensuring that we're providing an integrated service to victim survivors. Um, so that would be that's my that would be my my big ask for your the new pitch, government. Your pitch to the new government. What about you, Belinda? I guess you know along the same veins. I would say to the new government, uh, the you've been voted in uh, because the community expects you. You know, all community members expect you to treat us all equally across this wonderful state that we are in. So as a result. Um, the funding that is provided to um, legal assistance for the specialist family violence court should be at least equal across um, across this state because you know you are 
the um, funding should not be in any way discriminatory um, to the communities with whom, you know, have voted you in. So that that's what I'd be. So, so when you say equal, do you mean geographically equal? So equal funding no, I mean places equal, or? Equal funding for the specialist family violence courts across Victoria, that um, at least at least the specialist family violence courts across um, Victoria should be provided with equal amount of funding for their legal assistance provision. Oh, I see. I see. Wow. Okay. On that note, we have 30 seconds to go. So um, unfortunately, <laughs> I we will have to close this wonderful discussion. Um, we're out of time. <laughs> uh, so that's it for the program this evening. Thanks to you, Belinda and Rachel, for sharing your time and your expertise and your insights with us. Um, that was listeners, that was Belinda Lowe from Eastern Community Legal Centre and Rachel Pliner from the Federation of Community Legal Centres. And thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Uh, thanks, Rachel and Belinda. And Thank you so much. And you've been listening to Done By Law on 3CR 8.55am, streamed at 3cr.org.au and available on your favourite podcast platform. Done By Law will be back again next Tuesday at 6pm. Stay tuned now for the Voices of West Papua.